This is an SJC Radio production. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Pit Stop with Mr. Bird on SJC Radio. Welcome to this uh, half-term special uh, edition of Pit Stop. Slightly different this week in the sense that this is a a virtual uh, meeting. We're all speaking to you from our home. So what I'm going to do is is go around and and ask everyone uh, where they are. So Tom will go to you first. Tom, always go sound off. I've caught him by surprise. That's all right. I wasn't ready for that. Producer Tom here. I'm at uni in Southampton. Excellent. Right. So Tom says I have. So let's go over to Joe. Where are you, Joe? We might have some issues with. Let's move. We might have some issues with Joe. He seems to have disappeared. Right. Uh, let's go to Ed. Where are you, Ed? I'm at home in Portsmouth. In Portsmouth. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. Well, I'm at home uh, in sort of Wickham, between Fairham and Wickham. And. Let's move on to Max. Max, where are you speaking from? I am speaking from the southern coast of Italy. That's amazing. You are crystal clear, Max. Where exactly are you? Um, I'm basically in the heel of Italy. So if you look at Italy as a boot, I'm in the heel. Yes. And do you know the actual name of the place? I have been to the heel of Italy. Do, yes. Do you... um, so the town's Martina Franca, but the main area is called Bari. It's in uh, oh yes, Bari. Yes, I yes I, I've I've heard of Bari. I don't know if I've been to the hill. I've been to a place called Matera, which have you Matera ever... is about a half an hour drive. That's the place where it used to be. Bot, I think the forest film. Oh, I didn't know that. That's uh, where it's... the start of a new bomb film was filmed. I know that Matera used to be. I think was it the poorest, known to be the poorest town in Italy, and people used to live in caves. So have you been there? Yes. So the city's kind of in caves. So. If you have your look on the internet, there's like houses made out of caves on kind of a Yeah, that's right. Hill. Well, that's fantastic. Excellent. So, yeah, Max is from Italy. Uh, and we still haven't got Joe. I think Joe's got some tech, is- tech issues. Well, it's funny because Joe, I think, would be joining us from Amsworth, wouldn't he, Tom? It's funny that Italy, crystal clear. Yeah, I'm not used to being so involved in the show. I've muted myself again. <laughs> yeah, he should be. <laughs> <laughs> Can you hear me now? Yes, we can. Good. Okay, we're going to have to go with this then. Okay, well, we're recording. Joe, where, where are you, Joe? Can you tell us where you are? 
I'm nowhere exotic. I'm in Emsworth, and it, it should be working. I'm at home, uh, but it you isn't. Are, so you are just, you are crystal clear now, Joe. Good to have you aboard. Uh, now, <coughs> Finn, would you believe has gone to the dentist? Uh, he, he might be joining in um, a little bit later. Uh, we shall see. Right. Okay. So it was quite a busy weekend, motorsport-wise. So let's go straight into race supports. Let's start off with Formula One, and it was the it was the U.S. Grand Prix, wasn't it? Let's go with Ed. Ed, yep. can I have your star rating and your reasons for that? I'm gonna give it a. Let's go three and a half out of ten. Uh, oh, three and a half out of five. Oh, sorry, yeah, three and a half out of five. Um, that would be a bit harsh, wouldn't it? it would be five a bit out of ten. Yeah, I thought there was, there was a good amount of action. Um, we would have liked to have seen a bit more, which is why it's not sort of into the four, four and a half. Yeah. Um, but I enjoyed the, the pit stops, the strategy that's going on. My only thing is, I think it would have been a lot better if there were maybe a few laps, because then we would have really seen a really good um, wheel-to-wheel battle with Lewis and... Max, which I think would have been, would have been so brilliant. You, you said it would have been better with a few more laps or a few, few less. More laps. A few more laps. laps. Yeah. Right. And so what was the gap at the end then? Uh, I think it was about a second, second and a half. And was Hamilton catching? Yeah, 1.3, 1.3 seconds. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Lewis was, Lewis was catching. Um, right. And I think a few more laps and then you would have seen a good battle between those two, which I think would have been a massive spectacle. Yeah, brilliant. Um, let's go to Joe, uh, your star rating and, and your reasoning. Despite there being not very many sort of on-track battles between Hamilton and Verstappen, I really enjoyed it because elsewhere in the field there were loads of um, loads of aggressive moves between Carlos Sainz and both McLarens. Mm. Uh, seeing uh, Verstappen's really aggressive strategy, that was interesting to see how that played out. And I agree with Ed five or so more laps and it would have been a very good Grand Prix but nevertheless I think there are lots of overtaking there's a really interesting race to watch um, so even with the shorter race it was it's still good to watch I still enjoyed it I would give it a three out of five three out of five I, I'm gonna speak before Max the reason I'm gonna hold Max back slightly actually um, I only saw the 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 footage on YouTube I think Finn has joined us Finn are you there Hello. Hello, Finn. You're back from the dentist. Back from the dentist. Excellent. And, and Ben, we were just we've just been talking about where where everyone is. Um, you know, we got people in Portsmouth, Emsworth, Southampton, and also Italy. Max is me. Well, where are you talking to us from, Finn? Uh, home in Portsmouth. In Portsmouth. Excellent. Right. So we're just talking about the Grand Prix. I'll come to you in a minute, Finn. I'm going to go to. Oh, no, I said, I, okay, I, I, was, I was talking a little bit about it myself, wasn't I? I, I didn't see the race. I saw some highlights on, on YouTube. The crowd was enormous. That's what struck me. It was great to see such a big crowd there. I, I think it was the most attended Grand Prix in F1's history. What was it? I think I think it is. I thought the Belgian Grand Prix a couple yeah. of years ago was. But, but you yeah, said... I think the attendance was like 400,000 or something really? ridiculous. I mean, like it that. did struck me as... That's the one thing that, that, that did come across on, on YouTube. Was the, I the think, the yeah, crowd. I think that's uh, the Netflix effect because of Drive to Survive. Ah, that's a good point, isn't it? Right. Yeah. Um, okay, let's go. Finn, Finn, your, your star rating for the US Grand Prix. Um, it was quite good because um, my dad's normally at work when I, when I watch them. So 
Uh, I watched yeah. it with my dad this time. Yeah. Because um, it was uh, late at night, late, uh, so it's like eight or something. Is it what it was, yeah. American. But I thought it was quite all right. You know, uh, you got um, Michael Stappen holding off Hamilton. Uh, that that um, you know, and I was thinking, I I've I've I just think Yuki Tsunoda is one of the best defensive drivers on that grid. So what, what, who was he? Who was he holding off in? Hamilton. What was he? Oh uh, no, not Hamilton. Sorry, um, Sebastian Vettel and whatnot, not and Joe Very good. How many stars are you going to give the race, Finn? Uh, three. Three stars. That sounds good. Now, thank you for that, Finn. Max, you still there, Max? I am still here. Can, can, can you tell us, Max, how you, when I say how you watched the race, that's probably the wrong term to use. Um, don't get how, me started. How, how did you experience the Grand Prix? Tell us about that. Right. So I personally quite like having the races late at night. Yeah. I think they're great. You kind of get your day over and done with, and then you go and watch them. And as we were, the day before we left to go to Italy was Saturday, and I said to my mum, I just realised the Grand Prix is at, at nine o'clock Italian time. I have got to be somewhere to watch it. I cannot miss it. Yeah. I, I cannot miss it. Excellent. So we've gone, we've got a pizza, we set a pizza here. Five minutes too, so I get everything working, go check on everything. I then realised, because we've left the EU, I need a VPN. I don't know what that is, but is it a bug of some sort? It's basically, it's basically, it hides where you are, so the computer will still think you're in England, so I can stream it. Oh, I see, yeah. Um, so I'm frantically downloading all the apps I can. I've somehow signed up to a six-month VPN contract, so now I've got a VPN for six months. Still wouldn't work. Oh, no. So I've almost admitted defeat when I start Googling and I see that you can get F1 TV, which yeah. I thought was the live broadcast. Yeah, you, you would I think. I frantically signed up for a year's contract with that for three pounds. Did it cost you to do that? Yep, three pounds a month. I then realised that is just the timing street, the <laughs> timing screens. So I'm sat there, I'm sat there on my bed. Yeah. watching these timing screens, and I don't know if I was watching the same race as you lot, because I thought it was exceedingly exciting seeing the gap. You know, it, it, it's funny you say that, Max, because I was going to say to you, I was going to say, I bet it was much more exciting, the fact that you, you, you couldn't see it. I, I, no, I, I have to admit. It made it a bit more special, perhaps a bit more exciting. Yeah. I have to admit, F1's done great with that software, because you can compare two drivers, we were seeing whether they got the DRS. Myself and Maya were watching it. Yeah. Um, we we could see all the data. I thought it was really good. It was much more informative than the TV, apart from you don't actually get to see it. Yeah. I, I, th I think Maya's feedback was slightly different to yours in terms of how much she enjoyed it. I think you enjoyed she, it. She, she may say she wasn't enjoying it, but she was getting on the edge of her seat. Really? That's yeah. good to hear, isn't it? Excellent. So you haven't seen any of it then? I watched the seven-minute highlights. Okay. But to be honest, Verstappen won, couldn't care less. Like, as long as okay. he won, I don't care about race. Very good. So, are you going to give it, what stars are you going to give that? How many stars? I'm going to give it a 3.5. 3.5. So, it seems, it seems that sort of 3 or 3.5 is, is the average there. Uh, thank you for that, uh, Max. It, that reminded me, your, your you know, story about, anecdotes about watching the race on the, the lifetime and scoring. And I've mentioned this before. I remember the 1984 
go back a few years, uh, Brazilian Grand Prix, you know, in those days it wasn't on, well, it, I said you had highlights on late at night on BBC Two, and I think probably I was due to go back because I was a, a boarder at, at my school, I was due to go back to school, so I wouldn't be able to watch the highlights, so I was constantly trying to tune in on the radio, I eventually found some French radio station, and I heard the name Prost, and I heard the sound of a Formula One car, or very, very excited, I didn't know what was going on, but it was just, it was frustrating that I couldn't, a bit like yourself, Max, it was frustrating I couldn't see it, but at the same time, just he- hearing some of the commentary in French and hearing the cars, uh, that was very exciting anyway. Right, uh, it was also MotoGP weekend. It was quite an action-packed weekend. Um, Moto3, uh, that was uh, Dennis Foggia won again. So looks as if Moto3, the championship, might go down to the final round. Moto2, Ed, did you see Moto2 at all? Uh, can't say I did. Because that, that was very interesting, because Ralph Fernandez, who's been winning all the races and has been closing in on uh, Gardner, he was leading the race. And he fell off. He had a very big crash, actually. So Fernandez might have blown his opportunity to, to win the championship. Um, and MotoGP itself, again, that was an incident-packed race, similar sort of story. Uh, Finn, you saw that, didn't you? I can't say I saw the whole thing, but I saw the last couple laps, so like the last four or five laps. So I, got, I, I did get to see Bagnaia come off. Um, yes, yes. In fact, uh, yeah, poor Bagnaia. Um, he fell off at turn 15. Over the yeah. weekend, uh, let me see, 18 other people crashed at turn 15. Yeah. Now, you might ask the question, why was everybody crashing at, somebody, why was everybody crashing at turn 15? I, I will tell you why. Um, the reason why they're crashing at turn 15, turn 15 is a left-hander. The previous seven corners are all Hold on, I got that wrong. Are all right-handers? Yes. Turn 15 is a left-hander. The previous seven corners are all right-handers. So the time the riders come round to turn 15, the left side of their tyre has gone sort of cold, I suppose. Now, because the race was last weekend, in, in, in obviously in uh, October, uh, the weather was quite cool, and so they're struggling to get enough uh, heat into their tyres. So this is why people are falling at turn 15. And actually, interestingly, um, Bagnaia's teammate, Jack Miller, he fell off at turn 15 as well. And he said the reason why he fell off that lap is because on the same lap at turn 8, the, the previous left-hander, he said he didn't attack the corner hard enough. He wasn't aggressive enough into turn 8. That was the, as I said, that's the last left-hander before turn 15. By the time he got around to turn 15, his left-hand side of the tyre had, had cooled down too much and he lost it uh, straight away. Certainly an incident-packed race there. Right, now, the interesting stuff. If we go over to the scoreboard, um, things are getting extremely close. So if I just go to my little list here. Now, I'll go through the winners and losers. So, Max? Max, he's still with us. Yes. Let me guess, I'm a loser. No, you're not. Oh, I'm a winner. You got the full house. You got the the top three. You you went for Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. You scored oh. a full seventy five points. Oh crikey! That's a bit of contention. Well, you are. 
very much so. So Max was the winner in F1 second place. Finn was you in F1. Max I, got so you, you got you got twenty you got twenty five points because you got Verstappen basically. You, you, so how yeah? have I done this? I put I put Ocon and Vettel into. I know, but, but how, you have, how have I done this? I'm just you had too Verstappen clever. First. And we get 25 points if you get any driver in the right position. The rest of us, we didn't go for Verstappen to win, you see. That's where we sort of fell down a bit. Now, MotoGP predictions. Let me go through the scores. Joe, MotoGP, you scored zero points. Max, MotoGP, you scored zero points. Ed, Yay! you scored zero points. Me, the expert on MotoGP, scored zero points. Really? Yeah, I'm and Finn... Finn, Finn, top scored with 10. See, I put Marquez there. Everyone else put Miller or me, I know. and I put Marquez. And you, you, got won, Mar so. you, you got Marquez. Well, I would have had Bagnaia in there, which would have been good if he well, didn't crash. Well, yeah, exactly. So, so you and I, Ed and Max, all went with Bagnaia, who was leading when he fell off. Yes. So now this is interesting. So here we have. So what does this tell us? I think looking at the scores... I think this tells us... Oh, I know what it, tells. It, it tells us not to trust your predictions, your MotoGP predictions. Well, you are right. <laughs> but, but also, it, does it tell us that Max is um, knows more than anybody else? He got the top three rights for Formula One. Uh, does right. it tell us that, that, that I'm not the expert in MotoGP and that Finn is? I, d I don't think it's that, sir. So. I, I, I tell you... I Finn might disagree. I'll tell you what I think it tells us. I think it tells us that Formula 1 is very predictable, whereas MotoGP is very unpredictable. But that's, well, that's just what I think, anyway. So you sound like a broken record. It's every week, this. Right. But, but it, well, <laughs> I, I, I just, it's just backed up by our, our scores. That's all. Oh, um, let's have a look. Ed, you mentioned yeah. earlier about the attendance. Do you want to say something about that? Uh, yeah, well, producer Tom's been doing some researching oh, behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was the highest Grand Prix attendance for the race weekend at 400,000. Really? But the highest Grand Prix attendance for the actual race uh, was the 2000 US Grand Prix, uh, 250,000. That was probably the first. I imagine that was at Indianapolis. I imagine that's probably the first US Grand Prix at Indianapolis, I think. Um, I think. Now. That's off the top of my head. I, that must have been the first US. Yeah, it was yeah. at um, Indianapolis. Yeah, it was a terrible circuit, by the way, that, that, that one. Right, now, uh, let's move on. So we're now really lucky to be joined by Neil Trundle on Pit Stop. Um, thank you so much for coming on to the show. You're welcome. Uh, would you mind starting? Uh, I should also say we're, we're still joined by Mr. Bird, Ed, Joe, Finn and Max. Um, could you start by telling us, Neil, uh, a bit about your amazing career in motorsport? I don't know whether you're able to, to summarise what you've managed to be up to. But, um... OK, yeah, certainly. So, um, well, first of all, it's a pleasure to be here. How many in total are we on the Zoom? Seven of us, I think. OK, seven. Yeah. OK. All right. Uh, so, my career. Well, I've been in motor racing since 1968. So I started uh, my life as an, uh, an apprentice at Ford Motor Company in Dagenham. And I was in the trade school, which gave me a great uh, start to engineering. And I got the racing bug. So I came into racing in 1968. I came down to Surrey and joined Alan Mann Racing. And... Uh, 
but they were in decline as a company. So I can see uh, someone else on here now. That's good. So um, I then went down the road and joined um, Jack Brabham, and this is all in Byfleet. So um, Byfleet or Woking, Surrey area was was a centre of racing really because of um, British Aerospace in Weybridge. So I joined Brabham, and uh, I was in the workshop to start with, and then I worked my way onto the race team very quickly and travelled the world. Um, so it was just an eye-opener for me. I'd never flown before. I'd never worked on racing cars before, except when I was back in Essex, I did build my own race car. I wanted to be a race driver, but I ended up working on the Spanners instead, which is okay. I'd probably be dead now. If I'd, if I'd have got into racing, it was so risky then, I might not be alive now. I lost lots of friends and race drivers. So I joined Brabham's and Ron Dennis was at Brabham's as a mechanic. Jack Brabham and Joachim Rimp were the drivers. And I worked at Brabham's for, well, from 68 until the end of 1970 when Jack Brabham retired. Ron Dennis and I became great friends. And in 71, we formed our own race team called Rondell Racing. So he was the Ron and I was the Dell, except we agreed to spell it D-E-L and not D-L-E. I don't know why I ever agreed to that. <laughs> Rondell Racing was a great team. It was in Formula 2. We had top drivers. Graham Hill was one of our drivers. Um, Carlos Reutem and Pescarola. And we were involved with an oil company in France called Motul, who were, uh, interestingly, the first company to produce synthetic oil. So we were sponsored by them. We had three French drivers. We ran the team... Our image was better than anyone else. We were really moving on. We started to build a Formula One car, which was going to be a Rondell Formula One car. And um, unfortunately, in the fuel crisis in 1973, we ran short of money and we had to close the company. So Ron Dennis and I were partners, 71 to 73. At the end of 73, I... Um, I, myself and um, Tony Vosopoulos, our chairman, and a chap named Ken Grob, we took the Formula One car out of Rondell. It wasn't finished. The car was in construction. But we took the car and we formed a Formula One team called Token Racing. Tom Price was our driver. And we only did a few races. Um, the other teams were resistant to us coming in. Um, I built, two of us, myself and another mechanic, built the car, the token, and um, we did um, Zolder and uh, uh, Silverstone Daily Express Trophy. Tom was a great driver, up-and-coming driver, uh, but I, I couldn't sustain the 90, 100 hours a week of work, so I had to leave. I went to Tyrrell in 74, and I worked from Tyrrell at Tyrrell from 74 to 76. Fantastic years, lovely team, great family business. And I built the six-wheel Tyrrell. In fact, I was the first person to drive it. I was the test driver for a day, checking out the brakes. Um, in fact, it wasn't uncommon for mechanics to drive Formula One cars, just shake them down on the track or drive them down to the circuit. Nowadays, you can't do that. So I was at uh, Tyrrell from 74 to 76. 
Um, the Six World Tyrrell was very innovative. Then um, end of 76, Ron Dennis had started his own team again, another Formula 2 team, and asked me to join him. So I joined him in 1976, right through to 1981. Um, we ran Formula 2, Formula 3, Pro Cars, and at that time, we um, decided to build a Formula 1 car, which was going to be the Project 4 Formula 1 car. And we managed to get John Barnard on board as the designer. And we built the world's first uh, carbon chassis Formula One car with the help of um, a chap from um, uh, British Aerospace. They advised us on how to build it. And this chap came on board. His name was Arthur Webb. He was a structural designer and he volunteered all his hours. And I think to him should be accredited with John Barnard the Formula One, carbon Formula One car, which is what all the teams use today. So um, we were moving on up in the competitive world of Formula Two and um, all the other formulas we were in. Marlborough were involved with us. And at the end of 1980, um, McLarens were, were very rocky. They hadn't produced a good car for a few years. And so, um, Marlborough persuaded or told McLarens that they had to amalgamate with Project 4. And so we joined forces and the carbon chassis, uh, which was going to be the Project 4 Formula 1 car, became MP41, the first carbon chassis car, which John Watson raced and did Cesaris. And then Nicky Lauda came on board. And so when we amalgamated, there was a lot of them and us, McLarens and Pro Project 4. We were trying to find our own way to amalgamate. I had the opportunity then, uh, a Mexican guy, driver, had some money and he asked me to start a Formula 3 team with him. So I became a team entrant again in 1981. So I'd only been at McLaren six months. The carbon car was there. I helped them set up the wind tunnel, and then I left and formed my own F3 team. I ran that uh, from 81 to 84. And then in 85, I joined Ron Dennis again to build the new factory in Shearwater. I was a clerk of the works building the factory uh, end of 85 and right through 86. In 87, I went back on the team as traveling fabricator mechanic and in 88, I was made chief mechanic. Uh, that coincided with um, Ayrton Senna joining us from Lotus. And it also co coincided with Honda joining us with their very competitive turbo engine, which we stole from Williams. Um, well, it came with Ayrton, actually. When Ayrton came on board, Honda were with him and they pulled the engine out of Williams. They, they kept with Lotus and they were with us, but with... Um, with Ayrton and um, Alan Prost, we dominated Formula One for quite a few years. At the end of 89, I came off the team and I joined the gearbox shop as manager and I was gearbox shop manager for 16 years. And then 12, 14 years ago, I handed over to my successor, a young guy, uh, ambitious guy, and I 
reformed heritage department, which was to look after all our historic cars. So I was a member of heritage, restoring and running all these beautiful cars until I retired October the 23rd last year, at which time I was 76. So I'd been with McLaren 35 years and I'd been in racing, what is it, 50, 52 years. So that's been my career in racing. Currently, I, um, since October, I retired last year. I worked two days a week for Ron Dennis, who, uh, who left McLaren's, who retired from McLaren's. I worked two days a week looking after some of his beautiful cars and helping him to build a very elaborate underground garage at his house. So that's my career to date. I have a few toys in the garage. I have an MGB and a Humber Scepter and a few motorbikes. And that's it. So last week I was 77 and next year I'm going to drive a race car somewhere. I'm going to buy a race car and go racing again. That's it. Well, happy, yeah, happy birthday for last week, Neil. Um, I'm going to have to leave it there. But if you want to listen to the full length interview, come back to our tuning page on Monday and click on Pit Stop with Mr. Bird to get our podcast feed where the full length interview will be available for you to listen. Mr. Bird. That, that, was, that was a very uh, interesting interview there. Uh, we're moving on to, well, I say we're moving on to this. It's going to be quite tricky. Um, we've got the A to Z of motorsport listed here. Uh, the reason why I say it's tricky is because the letter apparently is U. Now, I, I'm out on this because I can't think of anything. I know that Ed has got something. I was going to say, I, I know in our pre-production uh, chat before we yeah. started recording, we were saying it's very difficult. I've done a bit of research on that as well. There, there are a few there, so I'm going to let you... You try and come up. Yeah, done, done a quick, quick little Google. There, there were a few. Have a good think. We'd nearly talked about one earlier on as well uh, when oh. when we were talking about the Formula One. So have, have a think. Hold on, hold on. Well, okay. Um, Joe, can you you've got something, Joe? I do. What is and it? It's sort of, sort of twisting the rules, but I'm not sure anyone will really mind that much. My okay. you is underdog. Well, that is that is twisting your rules a bit. <laughs> but at least I thought of something. Yeah, um, I've got nothing at the moment, Joe. So, so well done. And why? Okay, Joe, who would be the underdog in Formula One then? Now, this might sound a bit strange. I, I've got two names that instantly come to mind. So, at first in this season, it was obvious that it was going to be a Verstappen Hamilton fight, and I yeah. think we first saw that Verstappen was probably going to be the underdog, considering Hamilton yes. had seven titles behind him. Yeah. And then also, um, more underrated than underdog, Carlos Sainz. I think he yes. consistently gets into these great positions and doesn't actually receive that much credit for it. Um, he came seventh uh, in front of Lando Norris and, and other drivers uh, in the US Grand Prix, and he's quite high up in the driver's, uh, construct, uh, driver's table as well. So I, I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. Jones, so underrated for Carlos Sainz. Jones under the radar, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah. Um, Ed, I know you, you've got a you. I can't think of any myself, but Ed, apparently you, you've got something. Yeah, mine's undercut. Oh, um, yes, of course. Oh, that was my one. Um, oh, sorry, Max. If you don't know what an undercut is, it's when 
so I've actually got two drivers, and they've they're they're driving along doing their their laps. One dives into the pits earlier, and this is the basically the start of the undercut. They get a new set of tyres on, and they they leave the pits whilst the other the other cars maybe twenty seconds up the road because he hasn't pitted yet. Um, the guy who's just pitted, he gets some good quick laps on a new set of tyres to close the gap. So when the other guy pits, he's then behind, and that's an undercut. Yeah, I like that. That's a very good description of it. I think I've that, done all right there. You've done all right. You've done very well. Tom, can, can you do us a favour here, Tom? Yeah. Catching Tom unaware. Okay. Now, I Tom, know, it's very exciting. Can um, you give us, Tom, actually, can you give us some clues as to what these words are? Because I can't think okay. of my, my last, uh, I've got a few. So my last general motorsport term, uh, we've had underdog and we've had undercut. Right. Ah. Uh, there's a theme developing there. What do you that reckon? Under, under. Mm. Any other, under, any other terms? Understeer. Under? There you oh, go. That was my other one. Well done, Ed. Uh, okay. Um. Yeah. Happy with that. Understeer. Okay. And then my, I, I, you know, we might go around the alphabet again, so I won't give too many away. But then I also did a, a quick look at uh, historical F1 drivers. Oh, hold on. Uh, hold on like again. That. Hold on, I should know these, Tom. What era are we look, talking about here? Okay, so I'm going to give you some clues. So, excitingly as well, by the way, this is the own. There's only one historical oh, Formula right. One driver, uh, beginning with you. So you're looking for the only one. Uh, what we're era? talking 90s. Oh, hold on, hold on, 1990s. Well, I should better do this. 1990s. You. Oh. It's almost like who am I now? You. 97 Grand Prix. Oh, okay. So he's done quite a few Grand Prix, beginning with you. Uh, Total champ. Yeah, here we go. I'll I'll keep it going. Total championship points across his career, five. Okay, not many then. Can we have the second letter? Of his name? Uh, Yeah, surname, yes. Oh, surname. We're talking first name. Oh, first name is you. Yeah, I've really had to dig deep for a year. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No. Um, Is he a Japanese driver? Yes. Uh, hold on. Is it Katayama? It is. There you go. First name is... Uh, is Yuki. I'm going to... Yeah. U-K-Y-O. Yuki Katayama. Wow. Thank you. I think I got so, yeah, Six years in Formula One. Debuted in 1st of March, 1992. Uh, just... And got all the championship points for Tyrrell in the 1994 season. 94 in the Tyrrell interesting very good now i'm pretty sure we've exhausted you tom i'm pretty sorry not sorry we've exhausted the letter you not not you personally tom. although we um, i'll retire from stop producer now <laughs> right excellent so um joe has anyone got any facts any facts of the week anybody we normally have um, I, I don't that's right that's okay have we still got max with us you do, and I have a sort of fact of the week. Okay. Does anyone want to guess how many, apart from Joe Russell, how many of the current F1 drivers have driven a Ferrari? Oh, blimey. Apart from, you're saying, I so, so you're saying that Joe Russell has driven a Ferrari, is that what you're saying, Max? No, no Joe Russell cannot answer yeah. this <laughs> So is, is this in, like, tests and stuff as well? Tests, anything at all. How many current Formula One drivers have driven a Ferrari in a test or a race? 
well, let's have a think. So, um, but we've got Patel, obviously, haven't we? So, yeah. Two current ones, so Science and Leclerc. Um, Schumacher's has done a test for him, I think. Who? Mick Schumacher, I think he's done a test. Oh, he he yeah. would have surely he would have. I'm sure I've seen him in Ferrari overalls before. Yeah. Um, um, Raikkonen. Oh, of course. Yes, well done. Yes. Uh, yeah, well done. Yeah, um, that's five at the moment. It's very um, clear. It's very um, not very quite a um, not a very famous one, but he's actually from the town I'm in right now. Oh, hold on, that. Okay. Giovinazzi. Yeah, Giovinazzi. You're Italian driver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, that's one, two, three. That's six at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I seem to remember Alonso maybe in a Ferrari. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well done. Yes, yeah, well done. That's that's seven. Are there any more, Max? There are ten in total. Ten. Ten. Yeah. yeah. From the current on the, grid. On the current grid. On current grid. Do you want to hear who they are? Oh, no, no, hold on. Oh, I'm going to get them. Get the, hold on. Let's go through these. Um, Have we said better? Not bad. Except with Mazepin, he might have done a test for him. No. Um, the rest are quite tenuous, aren't they? Like, okay. you wouldn't guess them. Yes. Okay, well, tell well, t- t- us so, Max. Right, Sergio Perez was in the Ferrari Young Driver Academy until he signed for McLaren. Okay. Um, Esteban Ocon did a test for them. Did he? Okay. And Lance Stroll. Did he? Well, I never would have got those. Never would have got those. Yeah. Very good. Excellent. So, gosh, that's, that's half the grid. Half the grid have either raced or tested for Ferrari. It just shows how many people Ferrari bring into the sport. Yeah. Yes, it does. Very good. Um, anybody else? Joe, did, did you have something there, Joe? You normally do. Uh, I didn't today. No, I left that one over That's to fine. Matt. That's fine. That's fine. Shall we move on to... What does that say? Oh, who am I? Ed, are you Are you, Are you? you um, ready for this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Uh, Finn, do you want to go... Finn, are you still there? Finn is here. Well done, Finn. Can you ask the first question? Um... Uh... Do you still drive in motor? No, no. Oh, oh I'm retired. Oh, okay. Um, Are you a world oh, oh, I've got it. Hold on. Oh, no, no. You, you carry on. I've got a very good question. Carry on. Are you a world champion? Nope. Oh, that, that changes things. Are you Euro- European? Yes. Okay, so... Are you a race winner? Uh, ooh, no. Oh, no. No. Also, you've got who? Um, Martin Brundle. Yes. What about what about asking if he sat on the podium? Okay, well, okay. okay. Any podiums? Yes. Have you, yes. Okay, so Martin. That's five down. That's five. Got five questions left. So we haven't even established. We said he's European, isn't he? Yeah. Right. We've got five questions. Oh well, we need the era. Um, Five questions there, folks. Uh, so we're talking a European driver who has been on the podium, hasn't won a race, and hasn't won a championship. And don't forget, Ed likes to be topical. This is all. This is someone you all know. Okay, so it's probably a current driver. Well, um, so he's, they've, he's they've never won a podium. 
Oh, they, but they've retired. But they don't race anymore. They they had a podium, never won, and never been a world champion. Yes. So we all. Oh, hang, hang on. Are they German? No. That's oh, Nico Hulkenberg gone. What about? Oh yes, him? yes, that's oh. it. That's, yeah. Um. Wait, have they got a podium or not? Yes, they do have a podium. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so Hulkenberg could never beat anyway. So. Actually, okay. you're right. Yes, does he? Um, yeah. um. We all know this. This interview. Is that, it, is he recently retired, Ed? Uh, what do you consider recently? I would say in the last five years. No. Oh. Oh, Is hold he... on. Hold on. I think I... I th- oh, you mentioned Martin Brundle earlier, didn't you, Max? But we have yeah. another question. Now, he... He... he must have podium. Martin Brundle must have got a podium. Mar- Martin Brundle had nine podiums but never a win, I believe. Well, and, and actually, he, he, fits, he fits all the criteria... Or you've got Johnny Herbert. And uh, he's oh, no, no, Johnny Herbert won. Johnny Herbert won about. Did he? Two, he did. Yes. Wow. He won the he won the was it the ninety five British Grand Prix? He did. He won. A, I don't know if he won more than one. Probably won a couple of races, but he certainly won the ninety five British Grand Prix. I think he did anyway. Um, well, Martin. Topical, so it sort of makes sense if it was him. But when you say Martin Brundle's topical, I, I, I mean I saw him on YouTube. It, when he's yeah. on the grid and uh, some American singer. Oh, this is sort of, sort of, Yeah. Some um, the bodyguards shot. kind of pushed him out of the way. That's right. With the cameras. And, 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 and the bodyguard said, you can't say that. And Martin Brundle said. Yes, I can. I've just done it. Well done, Matt. Well done, Finn. So, um, it's topical in that sense. So, okay. Is he British? Yes. Is he uh, Martin Brundle? Yes, he is. Well yes, yeah. Very soon. Ed, my, my, my question for you, Ed, is is why did you go for Martin Brundle? Was there a reason for that, or was well, it? Is that um? Well, he's the fact he's um, on the current yeah. Sky commentary yes. channel or whatever, and also yeah. that clip that went. I think it went viral, didn't it? Well, that, it, it's, it's gone quite viral. Well, it has. If, if I've seen it, Ed, it has gone viral. If yeah. I've seen it, so. So there you go, yeah. Martin Brundle. Um, we've actually got this weekend. Um, can we just double check this? I'm pretty sure we've got Formula One and Mercedes GP. Can we just double check that? I think there's definitely Formula One on this weekend. And that's Formula, Formula, Formula One's a triple header. So, um, and just double check, Mercedes GP is from Finn, your favourite circuit. Where's that? Can we just double check that it is Mercedes GP this weekend? Yeah, yeah it is. Right. Yeah. Now, oh, sorry. What I tell you, what I didn't do earlier is actually go through the predictions tab- table because it is getting really close. Um, Finn, you're obviously, you know, you only just started. You've got 55 points altogether, which is excellent. Now, the full season people, I'll do it in reverse order. It is very close, Max. With your full house for F for the F1, you're up to 495. I'm right. five points ahead only on 500. Joe, right, you're so five, 520. Uh, and Ed, can I just say something? Yes, you can. Yeah. I am shocked with your prediction, sir. If you're only five points ahead of me, I did say for about four weeks straight that Valentino Rossi was going to win the MotoGP. What's gone well, wrong here? What's gone wrong is that you predicted all the, the F1, 1, 2, 3, and uh, I didn't score any points in the MotoGP. That's where you've made up the ground. So uh, it's very, very close. Um, what I'm going to say is, 
Uh, Ed, as you're leading, am I? You are. You're on five forty. Joe's on five twenty. I'm on five hundred. Right. In terms of the F one predictions, you're going to go luck. No, you're going to go first. Okay, I, I would prefer that. Copying anybody else. So, uh, F one predictions, uh, Ed, please. Uh, I'm going to go pretty boring. Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. Yeah. Um, uh, okay, that, that's, let's go for um, Joe, please. Joe? Joe, are you still there? Um, yeah, I'm going to go. So it's, it's a Red Bull track, Mexico, normally. So I'm actually going to go for the first Red Bull 1-2 of the season. Ooh. I'm going to go for a Verstappen, Perez, and you can never really keep Hamilton out. So yeah. Hamilton will be getting that third place. Yeah. Max? Max? Um, rather boringly. I think you can all guess. Verstappen, Hamilton, Perez. Of course, this all sort of enforces what I was saying earlier about Formula 1 being so predictable. Although, although yeah. um, Perez has not had the greatest success at home before, has he? That's a good point. Finn? Finn, what about you? Finn, what are you going um, for? I'm going to go uh, Mexico, so I'm going um, Perez to win, then... Ooh, ooh, that's it. Uh, Ricardo uh, second and Alonso third. Those are very, <laughs> very, 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 very predictions there, Finn. I, I admire that you're not prepared to go with what everybody else is going with. That's impressive. Finn. Okay, so um, I'm going to go. Yes. Can I just say Maya sat next to me? And she knows nothing about F1, really. And she's even laughing about your predictions. Well, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> right. I'm going to go for... Well, I have to go for Verstappen because if I don't and he wins, then I'm out of it. Because all because you've all gone for... Apart from Finn, you've gone for Verstappen. So Verstappen won. Oh, gosh. Hamilton second. Oh, dear. This is so dull. Um and I'm going to say that Perez is going to, you know, the pressure of being at home will be a bit much for him. So I'm going to go for, um, oh, let's go for signs for the sheer hell of it. So, okay, MotoGP, I'm going to go last to MotoGP. Um, let's go with Ed's MotoGP predictions. Yep, so I'm going to stick with the sort of trend I've been going on. So Bagnard for the win. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Quattro P2 and then Mark Marquez P3. Oh, there we go. You're copying Finn there. <laughs> Let's go. Joe? Joe? Mir Marquez Zarke. Okay. Max? Bagnaya Zarko. Um, I can't remember anyone else's name. Um, Zarko. Hold on. I'm trying to think of someone else's name. Um. Gio, um, Bagnaya. Have I already said Bagnaya? I can give you some names. Yeah, give me some names then. Uh, we could have, uh, we could have Vinales. Yeah, I'll go for Vinales. He has money. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> right. Um, okay, I, I admire the fact, no, before I say anything, I'm going to, let's go with Finn. I'll, I'll comment about your predictions in a second. Um, well, Finn, you, you are the expert now, Finn. Uh-huh. So, um, 
Taro. Hold on, that's a, that sounds like two drivers mixed into one. The, the guy, the French fellow that's leading. Cotuaro. Yeah. He's a world champion. So that's a good, that's yeah. a good choice. Yeah. And and uh, Zarko second. And then. Yeah. And third. Uh, I said Marquez last time, so I'm going to go again because he scored right. points. Uh, okay, so these are my thoughts. Before I keep my predictions, on your predictions, people. Um, Joe, Mir's not going to win. That's not going to happen. Thanks, sir. <laughs> um, I, I admire people, Finn, Max, and Joe. I, I admire the fact that you're all going for Zarko, but he hasn't. He hasn't really. When was the last time he podiumed? It was a long time. He was the early championship leader, but he hasn't podiumed for a long time. So I like the fact that you've stuck with him. That that's impressive. Um, Max Bagnai is a good shout. Ed, likewise, that's a good shout. I'm gonna, oh, I'm gonna really risk it now. I'm going to go for number one, Oliveira. Now that is a gamble. He did win there a year ago, and he was fourth in the last race. So, and that's his home race. So Oliveira one, Quattararo two, and I'm going for Bagnai three. Yeah, I mean, that, that's, I'll either be a zero or a hero with that prediction. Uh, it could go either way. So, uh, excellent. So, lots to look forward to this weekend. I've got a feeling, looking at the time, um, let me just check. I think we're probably at the end, aren't we? I've lost the schedule. Um, perhaps somebody can, we're on teams here, so it's all a bit more difficult. Let's have a look. Let's get the schedule back up. I, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, th I think we're done, aren't we? So, um, so hopefully, well, as, as we said, this will definitely come out as a podcast. And next week, we should be back on the radio, shouldn't we? Um, because we're obviously, we didn't mention this, we're still on half term. Actually, on that subject, um, has anybody done anything interesting in half term? I was away last week. Where were you? Where were you? I was in the Cotswolds. Very nice. Now, we know that Max is obviously in Italy. When do you come back, Max? Um, I'm coming back th Thursday, I believe. That's good, isn't it? So what's yeah. been the highlight, highlight of your trip, apart from meeting a cardboard cutout of Charles Leclerc? It was not a cardboard cutout, sir. <laughs> it was a real deal. Really? So what's been the highlight, then, of your trip to um, Italy? A, right, um, a funny highlight. So when we were in Rome, so we, we went to Rome, then drove down to Pompeii and then down to um, the south here. Oh, um, Max, 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 when I was very, very, very young, I, I started school in Naples. You, Naples, which you would have passed by because Pompeii yeah, is Naples. Naples. That's why I started school in Naples. Carry Thank on. You. Yeah. Wow. Um, so when we were in Rome, we went past the shop, which had a lot of F1 memorabilia. <laughs> and there was a um, small Pirelli tyre, almost like the, um, the pole position one. Yeah. So of course, I went in and asked how much it was in my perfect Italian. Um, <laughs> and the lady seemed to think it was tiny. It was a very small one. The lady said it was 800 euros and it was a real F1 used tyre. 800 euros? Yes, and of course it wasn't because it was only about seven, eight inches wide. Really? You know, I, I can remember, Max, going to sort of race meetings in the sort of 1980s. Um, well, at the end of the end of the day, you could go to the paddock and you could actually pick up a tire and take it home. Really? 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, a friend of mine, it must have been uh, probably the 1986 Grand Hatch 1,000-kilometre race. That's Le Mans cars. Uh, my friend Crispin picked up a tyre at the end. Uh, they're very big, though. So this is a yeah. tyre probably from a, probably a silk-cut Jaguar, I think. And uh, he took it home with him. But enormous great thing. That's very uh, cool. So he used to be able to pick them up for free. So well, well done for not parting with 800 euros for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Finn, what's been the highlight of your holiday, Finn? I haven't done a lot um, at all. Because okay. my parents, we've, we've just sold our flat. So, because okay. we, we rent out our flat. So they've yeah. got, my mum and dad have been there. Um, I play a lot of golf. Really? Yeah. I didn't know you played golf. Yes, uh, quite a golfer myself. <laughs> I didn't know that. Did you Did you take part in the Jehanian's Golf Day? Last... No, sir, I didn't. Oh, perhaps you ought to. Perhaps you ought to next time. Thank you for that, Finn. And Joe, what about you? What have you been up to, Joe? Anything interesting? Um, so I've just been relaxing. We went on the Isle of Wight for a little bit at the start of the half term. Uh, now I'm back home. And, uh, yeah, I would say looking forward to school, but we've got sort of mocks coming up, so I'm not really. But <laughs> just been a nice half term. Good. I tell you what, I'm glad it's been two weeks. So that first week went far too quickly. It just flew by. So I'm really pleased we got yeah, two weeks. I went on a trip on last Monday with some six formers to the House's House of Commons. That was really interesting. I went to the Supreme Court as well. That was very good. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go paddleboarding. Although the temperature is very, very low, there's oh, no wind. Sir, there's the no wind. Look lovely. So, so what about the poo in the sea? Well, Portsmouth Harbour is pretty clean, actually, to be honest. No, no that's not. Have you seen any? Loads of um, sewage in the... In the water that, that that might be langston harbour portsmouth portsmouth harbour's pretty clean i think that was uh, langston yeah pretty clean so i'm gonna go paddleboarding although it's the forecast is for it to be very cold there, there's no wind at all and it's, it's sunny as well so um rather looking forward to that right um i think we'll end it there so i was gonna say it's very nice hearing about all your half terms i don't get half term anymore so that's oh. very sad but, yeah, yeah, you, have, you like, get a very long summer don't you tom I do. I didn't start till midway through September. Yeah, well, so. Max, Max, you you lot get um, the last half term off as well. So yeah, well, Finn, when you're old enough, you'll get that too. <laughs> when I was at university, Tom, we used to have a reading week, which was basically a half term. You don't have that. Uh, we don't anyway on our course. So there you oh, go. my brother came out with us for the week. So yeah, he's done a lot of reading in his reading week. Oh, so your your brother had a did have a half term then. He got a reading week and he's just left to go back to the airport now. All right. All right. Okay, folks, so that, I think that wraps it up. So, um, yeah, so hopefully uh, we'll speak to you next week. So uh, goodbye, everyone. This was an SJC radio production. It was written and presented by Mr. Bird, Ed, Max, Joe and Finn. Our special guest this week was Neil Trundle. It was edited by Tom Russell and Mr. Bird. And the producer, who also featured slightly this week, was Tom Russell. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Thank you for listening to this episode of Pit Stop with Mr. Bird. There's a few new things I want to make you aware of. We've got a new website, which you can find by going online to shows.acast.com forward slash pitstop, where you can also find links to our Twitter and uh, on the About page, more information about the hosts as well. We're also on lots more platforms in addition to where you're listening to us now. So we're now on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iTunes, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music and lots more, as well as TuneIn like we've been on since we started so head over to those platforms to subscribe on the most convenient one for you and find all our back catalogue of episodes to listen to again as well